0: It's time for the great episode of The Ring Side Rand with your host from the hills of West Virginia, JD Justin Davis, and from Rochester, New York, this is R.J. Today's episode is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to let them know that RJ from the Ringside Rant sent you In how did you hear about us section of the application? Welcome to
1: Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.
0: It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rant is here with you. I'm the man with the magical voice. He is the man. With a new smoker, I hear JD. He's gonna be smoking something this weekend.
1: That's right. I'm a smoker, I'm a toker, I'm a midnight joker. But yeah, we just purchased (laughs) a uh, new smoker here for the back, uh, for the party deck back here. So yeah, we're all fired up, literally and figuratively. And I
0: will give somebody a round of applause if you can name the artist of the song that he just gave you a few bars of,
1: so we'll leave it at that, uh, that, that glowing rendition. Uh,
0: yeah. Ringside rand is turning into uh, like American idol or something.
1: God oh, help, God help can... us all. Yep. <laughs>
0: Moving on. <laughs> but anyways, we'll just go from there. So, yeah. So you got a big, uh, big week ahead of you with, uh, you go on vacation with the family, you said out down to uh, Tennessee. Uh, so you said what, 22 people with you, right?
1: Yes. Thank God it is a giant cabin, but, uh, yeah, basically my whole mom's side of our family is going. So uh, luckily it's only four days. I think much past that, there would be maybe some, at least assaults, but maybe some deaths.
0: So, so if I have to, if you hear somebody other than myself and JD next week, uh, I will be auditioning for new co-host next week. In case he doesn't come back from Tennessee, I got a
1: feeling this is going to be like The Great Outdoors, but worse. Have you ever seen that movie with John yeah, Candy? Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is it's going to be that, but way 10 times worse.
0: John Candy is I, I, he's not an American. Tre- he's a worldwide treasure, even though he's Canadian. He's been adopted here fairly well with the, a lot of the great movies in uh, here in the States. So you are Miss
1: John Candy. Love John Candy. Speaking of legends, we're talking about one a day.
0: Yeah, uh, we are talking about the Hall of Famer, Mr. Terry Funk. Uh, He is celebrating his 77th birthday next week, Justin. I can't believe he's 77 already.
1: I mean, I thought he was 77 in 1997, but, you know, at least he seemed like
0: it. (laughs) Well, he's he him and and, uh, Aaron must have the same type. Or uh, cut by the same at the same cloth or something, because it's the fact that they never age.
1: I know they just always kind of looked older than they were, and then when they got there, they just kind of looked like they should. But they always kind of looked that way. Like right. I watched a Terry Funk match today from 1989, and he looked old in that. <laughs> and it was 1989. But did you
0: ever see one of his his older pictures? Right when he first started back in the early 80s, there with the uh, NWA, with him and his uh, his uh, junior.
1: I think he started in '68, uh, so yeah, he's right.
0: Well, well but I, I mean, when he when he got there, when he got really yeah. worldwide notoriety or notarization mm-hmm. there in the NWA, uh, and uh, but yeah, it's just going back and looking at you. You always picture him as that hardcore legend, that long hair, the blood, the scars, all that stuff. You go back; he can really he could really go, man. He was in the in '80. I'd say anywhere from like 86 to pretty much 90, right? He, he was going, he had with, he had feuds with, uh, with flair that just are iconic.
1: Yeah. He, he's kind of the Nolan Ryan of wrestling because he did it for a long time and he was always really good. I mean, he turned himself into a different type of worker the older he got um, but if you wanted to have a, you know, Bret Hart, uh, Ricky Steamboat type match, he could have one of those too. You know, as far as just he could wrestle, he was a really good wrestler mm-hmm. and but, could tell a story in the ring.
0: Well, that that's what I was going to say too is like you can tell an all around good worker, all around good wrestler is when he can back up the talk on the microphone, on the camera in the back, and go right to the ring and do the same thing. Uh, And I think that's pretty much what his father instilled in him when he was – before he got broke into the business. But uh, it's just – I don't think he gets a lot of the recognition
1: that he should. He he could be on – easily be on a lot of people's Mount Rushmores.
0: I forgot who I was – what show I was listening to was a comment online or something but somebody had Terry Funk might have been I think it was somebody within AFS that they had Terry Funk on their uh uh Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of, of that, all-time great workers and like could be well like, to be
1: like i said if you look at the longevity and the quality of work um there's just no doubt that he's at the, the very tip top of guys and a main eventer, um, for most of his career, even though WWE didn't really book him that way. He was really, really underutilized when he went to WWE in the mid eighties and 85 or whatever that was. Um, I think that that could have been some events just saying, you know, my guys are better than the NWA wrestling guys. Um, Because he could have really been a great heel for Hulk Hogan and had a big, nice little, uh, you know, run. But that never happened.
0: You know, one guy that's never underutilized is our boy, Mr. Rich Palladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. Ringside Rant fans, it's the opening contest. So we touched on it briefly, Justin, is The brief run that he had, him being Terry Funk, uh, in the WWF there in 85, broke in with his brother, uh, and they called himself a Haas Funk. Uh, I guess they really wanted to the old adage of the fact that Vince McMahon wanted to brand, pun intended, everything that he had. Uh, basically fu- the funks became cowboys. They had the branding irons. They had the chaps. They had this, they had the cowboy hats. Uh, if you go back, I believe it's WrestleMania two or WrestleMania three. One of the it's, two. It's two. Is, is it two? Okay. And they actually wrestled with that. And I'm like, man, that looks like, and I never really added it together of Terry Funk being Hoss. Funk. I'm like, that looks like Terry Funk. Oh, it is, and I had to Google it real quick and see what the hell it was. Uh, but that was pretty much when I got introduced to to Terry Funk. There, going back and watching a lot of this old school stuff. Uh, were you? Was this around the same era, same uh, time frame that you ended up seeing him? Or are you more of the NWA Terry Funk?
1: Honestly, I don't know that I really ever saw Terry Funk wrestle a match until ECW. Okay. Because um, there wasn't a whole lot of WCW pay per views at my video store that I could go rent. Right. Uh, mostly WWE ones. Um, and so I didn't have, I didn't really see, I didn't have cable either. So I didn't see WCW Saturday Night or anything like that. So I just never really caught Terry Funk until the mid 90s there. <clears throat> then when he came back into the WWE.
0: Yeah. Cause a lot of his, I was just amazed with, The stuff that he was going over to W or excuse me ECW, uh, in between he went to WCW in between that W when he left WWE, and then going over to ECW, he still had a lot of good stuff, man. There I believe it was ninety seven, very legal. He won the title ECW title Mm -hmm. uh, from Raven. If like I said, if you go back and watch. Any ECW Terry Funk stuff? This is the one to go to. We briefly touched on the whole Raven thing last, I believe it was last episode, a couple episodes ago, uh, with Raven being pretty underutilized and underrated of as far as a worker. Uh, but that, like I said, that was ninety-seven.
1: Yeah, he, had, he st- had another great match in ninety-seven. His retirement match with uh, Bret Hart. Here's your Bret Hart mention of the week. Um, but him and Brett had a great match in 97.
0: I'm going to find some sort of buzzer or something to add it in there every time. Maybe it's like, that, like the, (laughs) like a siren or something. Every time this is your Bret Hart mention of the week. Uh, yeah. That the great, great podcasting, you know, great podcast. Uh, but no, yeah, seriously. It's, The one of how many retirement matches that he had?
1: Yeah. That one, I think, was his best retirement match. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's like the trilogy of retirement matches coming soon to DVD and uh, VHS. Uh, The Terry Funk trilogy of retirement matches. Uh, But honestly, on a serious note, though, that was. If you want to go back and watch a lot of ECW stuff, that was right after he came over from Japan, come back, came back from Japan, excuse me. Uh, where he basically, my opinion, basically put Mick Foley, Cactus Jack on the map as far as the, uh, you know, the no-rope barbed wire exploding matches and all that shit. Uh, Maybe they should have really brought uh, Mick Foley and Terry Funkin to AEW when they had that horrific uh, match themselves there between uh, Omega and uh, Moxley, but... Uh, that was I believe I want to say ninety five. That was and over in in Japan where he basically became the hardcore legend. Where the it was like the basically the teacher versus
1: the student. Mm-hmm. Him and Foley had some crazy ass matches over there.
0: There's room for everything in wrestling, and even this no rope barbed wire death match bullshit. Great. There's a point for it all. There is a story to be told. These guys got over Mick Foley got over. Cactus Jack got over much to the help with, with Terry Funk, obviously, but it goes to show you where said, sometimes you do got to put your body on the line.
1: Well, there ain't too many people, uh, that did it more than those two.
0: No, no, without question. Uh, but before we get into a his later work there in 98, when he came back to the WWE uh, with uh, when he brought when uh, what's his face when Mick Foley brought him in. Uh, let's go back to era War was one of my favorite eras to watch of uh, of Terry Funk. And it was 1989. He had this great, great feud with Ric Flair, who. I believe, WrestleWar 89, Flair defeated Steamboat, and the whole premise was Funk was one of the three judges basically scoring the match. And Flair wins, basically, and I believe it was Jim Ross who is interviewing him in the ring, correct? Him being Flair. Yeah. So, And then Funk comes in and basically says, Hey, I want to, I want, I want the next shot. Well, keep in mind, this is the first time he's shown up on WCW or at this time, NWA television pay-per-view since he's been back because at that time he was out in Hollywood uh, filming for movies such as Roadhouse and Paradise Alley. Two great movies. Seriously, two great movies. And I, I didn't even realize until after the fact that he was in them.
1: Yeah, not too many people realize like he was one of the he was maybe the the first wrestler that got movies
0: mm-hmm. Uh,
1: he because that was before Hogan got Rocky.
0: Right, right. Thunderlips. lips. Uh, but, but imagine Terry Funk and pa- you can use Terry Funk and Patrick Swayze in the same sentence and Sylvester Stallone and Terry Funk in the same sentence as well. That it just blows my mind that it's like, man, those are pretty badasses they should have put me in ghost oh my god can you imagine him in ghost <laughs> seriously I, I i maybe we could we we booked we, we put terry funk in different movies like like a f- field of dreams or something he could be one of the ghosts and the field the dreams playing ball or something with ray leota
1: <laughs> yeah, book
0: it book it book it uh yeah, this is a wrestling podcast, all right. Why? What the hell are we talking about? Baseball? Sometimes, so, so sometimes, sometimes we go into the weed and talk about random crap. Uh but yeah, the one spot I will I want to mention to get your thoughts on, uh, and this whole wrestle war leading up to obviously their feud later on, was the pile driver that Funk fun gave to Ric Flair on on through whatever you want to call it, because it didn't really break.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that was not a working table. Yeah, that that,
0: that that's a real table there, guy. Uh, so it wasn't a gimmick table, so it basically just legs gave out and he slid down. This basically got... Because one of them had to go out and take some time off. Flair was that guy. So he, they, he was basically nursing selling the neck injury uh, is the, do you think that that was hindsight being now going back and looking at it? Do you think that that was a good idea to get somebody to, Hey, let's, let's get flair, take a powder, go out for a couple weeks and then come back and see where it is.
1: Yeah. I think it got him uh, more baby face heat. Um, got funk over more as a heel. And the fans were ready for him when he came back. I just watched this match today Mm -hmm. uh, from Great American Bash where Flair wins. Um, Great match. I mean, it's just, what can you say? It's two of the best of all time doing what they're, and they were both in their primes, Mm -hmm. you know, getting it done. It was an absolute pleasure of a match to watch again. Yeah.
0: The only thing I had an issue with was the fact that Ric Flair was a babyface. Yeah, but technically I mean, technically
1: you know what he he's over whether he's a baby face or a heel because if he's a heel they're gonna cheer for him anyway so and honestly i think he was over real strong here as a baby face and if you look at those that come back uh, later on in like 93 or f- i think 93 when he faces vader at stargate yeah uh, he's huge over there as a baby face mm. and then on in 98 you know after the bischoff and him got into a little kerfuffle
0: now, now would you we're gonna get off on a tangent with flair but we'll, we'll circle back to to terry funk obviously but i think at that point with flair being a face and being a heel back and forth he was that era's john cena pretty much where we, he didn't care if you liked him you hated him whatever he was still going to go out and perform
1: yeah oh flair man just there's a reason why they call him the greatest of all time. When you go back and watch these matches in the late eighties, mid eighties, uh, early nineties. He's just, there's just not too many people that's ever been better at their job than Ric Flair was as being the nature boy.
0: Right. But boy, oh boy, could these guys sell though funk being one of the best yeah. sellers of all time. A lot Fun. of the chops and all that stuff.
1: I love when he sits there and, and, uh, seizes on the ground after oh, he gets yeah. up. <laughs>
0: But you don't see that anymore. You don't see, and even at this time, you didn't see that that much of people selling. you have got these guys selling, um, and and even more po- more so now, where you don't see these guys selling, which you really need to tell that story. Uh, So we see this, we see go, Flair coming back at the Great American Bash to face Funk. That and then he ended up beating Funk, and then. Uh, He shortly gets attacked by the great Muda and Gary Hart. Uh, Where do you you stand on uh, Gary Hart?
1: uh, I could take him or leave him, honestly. I've never had really one strong feeling against him or for him. He's just always kind of just there for me.
0: Did you think the pairing with him and Funk was something that Funk needed? Or do you think he could have really done it on his own, though?
1: Yeah, I think that it's the two of them together makes it a more formidable, 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 formidable thing for Flair to overcome instead of just fuck.
0: You're a good say our words, by the way.
1: Thank you. That was some West Virginia speaking.
0: You had, you had to hit the back of your head to kind of get it out.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah,
0: I just uh, Gary Hart, I, I was so used to seeing him. I, with uh oh, did he come in with? Was he was in the WWF for a short time? Who the hell? Yeah. I'm trying to remember for the life of me. Was it with Dino Bravo? Maybe. I don't know. Because I could have sworn I don't remember. Ah, whatever. Uh but f- going from there, going to that, then they go up to The Clash of Champions nine. I quit match between this match here the great american bash match which was your favorite or which match did you prefer more than the other out of the two
1: Maybe. i think this one the the i quit match here at class of the champions nine done really well got a five-star rating from melter i mean it's just one of those matches that You could pick out of there and say, this is one of the best matches, not only of the 80s, but of all time.
0: Well, if Meltzer gave it a five-star, then God damn it, it's got to be the best match. And
1: I'm pretty sure it wasn't in Japan.
0: No. But he was really selling, at this time, 89, they're really selling this figure-four lock, leg lock. And we're seeing seeing him tap out and saying, I quit pretty much to the figure-four. Another thing that, okay, you put somebody in a hole, Nowadays it's like okay they're just going to reverse it and keep going. I just had an issue with him saying, "Yeah, I quit." You're trying to get him over as this badass dude. You can't.
1: Well, I quit. Can't,
0: you can't. You can't have him quit though. That's the problem.
1: Yeah, I I think you can and then just go on TV and lie about it the next week. That's what you do. Oh,
0: <laughs> that's, oh, okay. that's what Hogan always did. Well, well
1: when he was a heel in 97 when he got beat he just go lie about it
0: or, or he <laughs> I mean, or, or, or he had some sort of like le- legal legal way of saying it uh, that he that he didn't lose but,
1: but those that string of matches I'd hate to go back to Flair but Flair had that string of matches in 89 with Steamboat and then with Funk that were just unbelievable like I would say Without question, 1989 was Ric Flair's best year.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I I would even come close. You've seen a lot of his stuff there in, uh like, 86, even. I'd say anywhere from, like, 86 to here to 90, pretty much, was that was a wheelhouse for a lot of this good WCWNWA stuff. And mm-hmm. you really do start to see it where... You get guys like Terry Funk that are coming after Flair and all that stuff. Uh, but 89, I'll, I'll agree to with you to a certain extent, but I, I, I think there was still a few holes there in 89 as far as the this product that was going on in the ring that was lacking a little bit compared to your 86s, your 87s, that era right there, those couple of years there. So the... Mick Foley aspect of the whole Terry Funk feud there in ninety-eight brings him in as Chainsaw Charlie. What's up with that?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think at the time, wasn't that around the time when like the that remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre had been made? And...
0: 98. I yeah, I think it was around I don't there. Know. I think I, I'm I've...
1: old. I can't remember when shit happened anymore. But the
0: remake of it you're talking, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But, anyways, that may have been later. But I don't know. I think it was just a way to have fun because and not just do the same old Terry Funk gimmick.
0: Well, I, I, I just uh, when when so, I
1: think they were just trying to emphasize he's fucking crazy.
0: Well, we knew he was crazy. <laughs> you don't need to have him put a freaking stocking over his face and over his head. And to I am like, is he is he wrestling or robbing a bank or both?
1: Yeah, probably both.
0: I, I always wanted to know, too, is uh, did they really have a chain on that chainsaw, though? Oh, hell or, no. Or did they go to Chainsaw or Ross and get a gimmicked one?
1: Yeah, it's a working chainsaw. Working sure. chainsaw.
0: Oh, of course, because every, every ring comes with one, of course. <laughs> uh, so lastly, I just want to touch briefly on uh, their Hall of Fame, Dory and Terry getting into the hall of fame in night in 2009 um, being inducted by Dusty Rhodes how how much impactful the impactfulness do you think that Dusty had on Terry or was it kind of like a mutual mutual kind of thing
1: yeah Terry was i think around even before a little bit before Dusty but they I'm sure that there was just a lot of respect between those two over the years, having wrestled all over, you know, all over the promotions back in the promotion days. So, uh, just, I'm sure it goes back to that, just that friendship of them uh, going up and down the road with each other baby. Well,
0: I just, they had that old school mentality. They had that, uh, family aspect of the wrestling business because both the families You know, at that time, he had Dustin in there, was in the business. And then uh, it was Terry and Dory and Dory, or um, Terry and Jr. And uh, I kind of relate a lot to it. Uh, 2013, we'd see Mick Foley uh, go into the Hall of Fame, being inducted by Funk this time. Do you think the whole Foley and Terry Funk feud kind of revitalized terry and obviously got makeover at the same time
1: yeah you're talking about their japanese run there
0: no i mean like the when he brought him in again there in the late 90s
1: yeah i mean i actually just watched that's another match i just watched was um their their match on raw in 1998 Um, right that's right. uh May 5th, 1998. If anyone wants to go check it out, I went back and watched it today, and it is really, really good. And it was, you know, that was another Terry Funk retirement match. <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, but still at that age, at uh 63 years old, I think he was at the time, um, getting it done. Uh, he had to be what well, I don't know. 77. Now, I'm trying to do some West Virginia math. Let's just go on.
0: Can't carry the two minus the one. Does it doesn't look like a semicolon. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think obviously make fully credits Terry Funk with a lot of the work that he's done. Uh, we saw him there in the Hell in the Cell match at King of the Ring there, uh, when he faced the Undertaker in Hell in the Cell when he was thrown off. We saw Terry Funk get choke slammed out of his shoes by the Undertaker. Uh, Dude could still work even later on. Uh, we can even bring up uh, just the aspect of him, even outside the ring training guys. Um, but it just goes to show you that it's never, you get a kid from Texas. Dude gets over, man. Anybody from Texas gets over.
1: Especially if they're in a box or tan. Yeah. If they're in a tan box. Then you're really cooking. <laughs> There's a smoking box. I'd be better off in a tan box.
0: Man, we're really going with the singing thing aspect, aren't we, this week? We are. I think that'll we're be no in. seg. There'll be a seg- segment than uh, segment going forward. Uh but uh one guy that is already over that doesn't need to be tan, is Rich Palladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. It is now time for rants and raves. It is indeed time for the rants and raves of this great episode right here on the Ringside Rant. The brief run that Terry Funk had in the WWF. Do you think they should have been? I think we all both can agree and everybody can agree that should have been better. But how we've seen him go against guy. We've saw him against Hogan even. What do you think went wrong with that? Do you think it was just a matter of hey, it wasn't Mike, it wasn't one of the Vince's guys?
1: I think so, probably. I think it's just Vince, like I said, trying to show that if you're stars in the NWA, that means you're barely in mid card here, kind kind of thing.
0: Yeah, but why do you think? Back when
1: Vince had an ego, you know, because he got rid of that quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. That (laughs) that yeah. I think he got stunned so many times by Austin in the nineties there. I think it kind of left his body, like his soul or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think he definitely could have got a run, you know, on top with Hogan. I don't know about being the champion, but definitely a good main event run with Hogan and, you know, all that stuff. You could have got some, I don't know, like 85, who all was there? I can't remember. That's, been a long that was the year i was born so i really wasn't paying Sa- well, too much attention
0: savage piper steamboat. yeah but savage
1: was a heel trying to think i don't know the steamboat was no, there
0: oh uh, santana i mean santana i mean Sorry.
1: yeah santana yeah i don't know uh, but yeah i don't know it's just it it is what it is it was a short little run and but knowing Terry, he doesn't stay any anywhere real long, anyways. I think he always kind of liked to come in, do a program or two, and then move on to the next uh, saloon, so to speak.
0: Well, he had a sick horse at home, so he had to go back to take care of the horse. My
1: horse is sick. <laughs>
0: old, old, uh, o- always a classic story from Terry Funk about the sick horse. He had a, so he couldn't go to Survivor Series on uh, part of Jerry Lawler's team. <laughs> You know, another thing that he's synonymous for and his brother is the Funkin Dojo trained so many different dudes. Do you think that was uh, like a stepping stone for guys to get to that next level? Because obviously they have the connections, them being the funks to the bigger promotions here in the States and then overseas. The the a Dojo man, it, it, it was basically associated with, I believe, it was OVW, right? Uh, like I, loosely, I associated. I think
1: maybe I can't remember. All I know is, if you're gonna get trained, I think that Dory and Terry Funk would be two good guys to train you. I don't, I couldn't think of too many better ones.
0: You know, and being from West Texas, went to West, States, West Texas State University. Laundry list I, I, I don't want to have to name them all But everybody knows if you go over And google the internet for it uh, You'll be able and, to see that Laundry list of people
1: Yeah and maybe even Dick Murdoch
0: Exactly you can, you, you can always see Dick on the list
1: Yeah Dick says he went there but I don't know that there's Actually ever been any proof that he attended One class
0: Well I think he was in that he was like, uh, was it, uh, he's getting a PhD in, like, badminton or something, right?
1: Uh, yeah, he was getting a PhD in beer drinking, probably, if I had to guess.
0: Hey, P- hey PhD is a PhD, man.
1: I ain't uh, knocking it.
0: So, do you think, you know, we've heard uh, the state of Minnesota has always produced a lot of us great wrestlers. Do you think... And Ca- Taxi-
1: Calgary, Alberta, Canada has, to? I don't know if you know that, but... Oh, Anyways, oh, go oh, ahead.
0: Owen Hart, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. I was talking about Bruce.
0: Oh, okay. The the soul heart. Uh, but do you think Texas really surpasses Minnesota? Or do you think it pretty much is even as far as producing the amount of talent that they did? Or a, mean, and and still do?
1: I can list three right now in Shawn Michaels, Terry Funk, and Steve Austin that all could argued to be the best of all time
0: you throw undertaker in there too booker yes. t
1: yeah that's a pretty stout list just rolling off the top of my head right there um
0: and of so. course and of course bruce pritchard
1: ted dibiase maybe yeah he went he to
0: Fr- west texas uh so. i think gino wasn't gino hernandez from dusty texas?
1: dusty road dusty
0: yeah uh but yeah it's just like i said it's a laundry list and you get the all you get a lot of the guys um, from bruce Minnesota.
1: fucking pritchard
0: yeah, of course. I said Bruce Prichard before. Brother you.
1: love. Oh, <laughs> God damn you. I was just thinking uh, when you think of all time great wrestlers, you know, Bruce oh. Pritchard stands right at the oh, top. Bru- of the Bru-
0: list. Bruce Pritchard. When you think of all time great wrestlers from Texas state of Texas, Bruce Pritchard's mm-hmm. on the top of the goddamn list, man.
1: Yeah. Four time black belt Hall of Fame. I think.
0: Oh, who else is that? Well, and a whole Hall- oh, four time. And he's a two time uh, podcast of the year
1: winner. Yeah. He's got to lose his fucking uh Two time pot. He's gonna lose his slammies if he don't fucking get his ass on <laughs> on Conrad's show.
0: I wouldn't just drop today, anyways. Uh but yeah, Texas man, I don't know if what's what's in the water down there. Maybe we don't want to drink it or something, but the state man, the state of Texas, the state of Minnesota, man, they're producing a lot of great talent in history and even still today. Devon uh, Ericks. Oh, yeah. I, Pondwater David basically kill us if we didn't mention them in this episode <laughs> mm-hmm. if we talk about i don't want any
1: heat with pond water dave we talked about it the other week no we already we uh, i he, I, he, I do he, not want heat with the enforcer the little enforcer you know how they had little Nate. that's what pond water dave is with our he's little enforcer
0: oh there you go there that's got to be shirt sure. coming soon to the pond water dave t-era t-shirt store the little enforcer. <laughs> were-,
1: we're gonna. Have, I'm getting him one of those old Arns, uh, you know, jackets that they had the four horsemen on. It. I'm gonna put little enforcer on the back.
0: Oh my god, that's gotta be it. That okay, that's it's all. Okay,
1: last last <laughs> week we
0: we booked him against Gilbert. This week where he's little enforcer. <laughs> but what would his finish should be though?
1: Oh well, he. I don't know if he can. Well, he picked up Jay Z and slammed him, so he's got to go with the little with the little uh, uh, spine buster, little but spine buster.
0: But he can't do the orange spine buster. He's got to do the rock spine buster.
1: Well, a Water Dave, he'll surprise you. He can do things that most men his size can't.
0: He's very. Uh, what do they say? He's very toit.
1: I heard he can lift one hundred bags of flaming hot Cheetos at once.
0: In once, se- yeah. And, and he can eat them all at the same time too. You could just dump them right down his toe his gullet. Oh, man.
1: Man, another great man. wrestler from he's Texas. Even, pond water. Pond water.
0: No, he's <laughs> not even, he's not even from Texas though. Oh, that's right. He's in Mississippi. I think I'm um, pretty sure he's in Mississippi, but honestly, but yeah, it's uh, I, where else can we go from that, man? We can't, there's no segue that I can do. I'm, I, I know I'm good at times, but I can't go from off of that topic to another one. Uh, But I'll try. We talked about as many, many numerous retirement matches. No, it's not Pound Order, Dave. Uh, But it's Terry Funk, obviously. Do you when do you think it was enough was enough? Do you think he should have just never made it to uh, WWF there in 98? Uh, Do you think he never should have went to ECW? Do you should he just stopped when he left uh, NWA?
1: I'd be fine if he was still doing it now. So I'm gonna say no to all of that.
0: Of course you would.
1: Hey, I think he could pull off one more, you know, backflip off the some moonsault or whatever. And not <laughs> die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Break his neck, man. He'd be good.
0: Did you have you seen Mick Foley walk around recently, man?
1: Yeah, I met him a few years ago.
0: Oh, yeah, when you were dressed up as a
1: Starcaster. Like, yeah. You yeah. dressed
0: up in the flea yeah. bowl. Uh-huh. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> There's pictures of that, right? There's
1: evidence. Uh, yes, there is.
0: It was it was you and Timmy and uh, no, it wasn't that friend? No.
1: Travis, it it? the oh, Canadian oh, Travis.
0: Shane Travis. There you go. Three.
1: Uh, yeah. Three uh, dicks in a row. Yeah.
0: Well, he's Canadian, so he's like millimeters, right? Or One dick,
1: two dick, three dick. What? <laughs> he's centimeter, right? I think I was I can't remember which dick I was. I think I was two dick. You were two dick? Well, who was one dick? dick, oh, well, dick two it. dick to go. I <laughs> was dick, dick to go.
0: Dick, dick, dick. <laughs> I, I I don't know where you can go from here.
1: The things dick I've done dick. for fucking Conrad Thompson. I Jesus was incredible penis on Starcast. Wait. Timmy C was
0: Timmy C is number one dick in all our hearts, right?
1: I think I should have got six months free ad, free shows for doing that shit, but you know, whatever.
0: I I would make a comment right now, but I don't, I'm not, I don't want to, I want to keep face a little bit, but I can, <laughs> I'll make the comment to you later. Um, but yeah, I just think he should have just stopped. Honestly, man, I don't think, I don't think he should have, he should have went over to Japan to help out fully there with those, those hardcore matches, but he still has some sort of brief run coming back whether it be in WCW or whether it be in WWF or ECW have one, basically one goodbye there in in Japan and then come back here to the States and have like a farewell tour and say, Hey, that's it. Yeah. But I get, but I, I I also get the aspect of it. Hey, I don't really don't want to go. I mean,
1: uh, you know, Flair did it too. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that that yeah, but we saw how well that ended up for him.
1: <laughs> God, that was a, oh, I,
0: I kind of blacked blacked out. That you know uh, what? There.
1: I don't care. I would if I would have made it when Flair was in there. I would have had Flair and fuck main event WrestleMania. Fuck it.
0: Which was we'll go back old school.
1: <laughs> I don't care whichever one.
0: Old school. That's like basically that's pretty much as old school as you can get. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but we also talked about it too, where he was one hell of a promo as well, man. And do you think he was one of the most emotional in the ring of all time?
1: Yeah. I mean, it just, he could sell you and he could, uh, you know, they say, what is it? Uh, baby faces baby
0: faces sell merchandise heels yeah. sell tickets
1: yeah I mean he put butts in the seats with pissing people off and he was very good at it
0: no, but who would you I don't even think he really wasn't facing at all really until later on in ECW I think but yeah obviously he did his best work when he was a when he was a heel uh but I just think there's too many heels at that point there in the 80s because you only had a few handful of, of baby you had Dusty who was a baby face. Sting and, and sting, but who and everybody sting. else was pretty everybody else was pretty much uh was heels. He had the Russians, yeah. Oh, Magnum, Magnum went before his accident. Yeah. But four horsemen, Tully and Arn and
1: the Rock and Roll Express. Rock and Roll
0: Express, the Midnight Express were, were heels, but it, it was so tricky at that time where you didn't know you know who was who, who he's going against. Yeah. He ma- but he made it work though. Uh, oh, yeah, and I and that's like we said, that's probably one of the contributing factors of a lot of people being having him on your, your Mount Rushmore of workers of all time. Because not a lot of people like flares a face, but Terry Funk made it work. Terry Funk got it over. Not Mm -hmm. to obviously dismiss what Flair did, but when you're so used to being a heel and then it's okay, we're going to switch your face. It's a lot harder to be be liked, you know, because it's a hell of a lot easier to get booed and hated. I don't speak from experience because everybody loves me. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like half Canadian. So everybody's got to love me.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're also a Bills fan, so.
0: Well, I can't yeah. get any worse. can't get any. Oh, wait, it can't get worse. You can be a Bengals fan. Uh, but yeah, it, it, Terry Funk was probably like one of the best sellers of all time before. Oh, piss on you. Yeah. What the hell? What is I the just held up that?
1: my I'm wearing my Bengals shirt. What it says who day motherfuckers. It says who day, like who they it- think got to beat them Bengals. No, buddy, especially not no pussy ass bills.
0: Well, you can look up at us on the at the bottom of the and AFC central standings this year. So
1: uh we're in the AFC North. Uh, you bitch.
0: <laughs> but you were in the, you were in the central though, right?
1: No, the reds are in the MLB and the NL no, no, central. No,
0: no, 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 Before, because wasn't it, there was never a North. There was always three, right?
1: I don't we were, I think. You've always se- I don't know. Somebody, I'm, somebody I'm, let
0: us know because I'm always positive. There was an AFC central. And it was like basically the mid like Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh.
1: That's called, it's pronounced Schittsburg.
0: Yeah, whatever. shitsburg pittsburgh potato potato uh but do you what do you think uh we just lost
1: all of our fans from pittsburgh
0: yeah all all
1: two of them (laughs)
0: uh well there there goes that i'm sure we'll i'll get a fuck you
1: polly bromwell
0: there you go that's where i was going with that what do you think we're gonna remember most about Terry Funk. Do you, are we gonna remember all the old school stuff? Are we gonna remember the crazy shit that he did in Japan? The crazy shit he did here, um, ECW. What do you think? When, like, Gavin's nine now. In ten years, God forbid, he'll be nineteen. But whatever. God, that'll make me old. Fuck. Um, so he says, Terry Funk. In ten years, what do you think they're gonna know? What I do you think? Going to remember is
1: eventual long-term legacy will be more of he was a innovator of hardcore wrestling and just kind of i think he'll be more remembered for that which is a shame because you know like we were talking about his matches with flair there and stuff in the 80s where he was quite an accomplished in-ring performer without the hardcore stuff but i think it it you know, when we start looking at WWE documentaries and stuff, that's probably what's going to be brought up the most is kind of him and Mick Foley's stuff.
0: You know, a lot, a lot of fans, like you said, will notice, will recognize that hardcore stuff that he basically started because without that, without him, I don't think we would have seen a lot of the hardcore crazy shit like we did in uh, ECW, even in the WWE. Uh, you know, there was Remy Inuendo was saying that, oh, yeah, well, he was supposed to come in and replace Dusty as, or not Dusty, Uh Pat Patterson, excuse me, as the new, as, as the head booker. But that never materialized in anything because Pat was staying in, uh, staying on, excuse me. Do you think that he, that should have ever happened where some company should have basically put up and had him come and had him come in as a booker or a, a writer or something or a, even a trainer?
1: Oh, he could have done probably any of those. I don't know that he had a lot of interest in being a booker though. but who knows I could be wrong.
0: Well, and I think it was just so comfortable that where he wanted to stay home. He didn't really want to go in the travel because you got to take into account, though. He did a hell of a lot of traveling in the 80s, man. If you go back, you'll see a lot of this stuff. They're going all over the country, man, especially in the NWA. You're all all in that little territory down there in the southeast over, over Well, time. and
1: in the 70s, you just drove all the fucking time. There were no getting on planes and shit.
0: Well, right, but if you're going from... Christ, if you're going from Florida to California or to st- Washington State or something, obviously you're gonna fly and have to <clears throat> mm-hmm. rent a car or something. But but yeah, I just think I I just hope that Terry Funk will be remembered, not for the hardcore stuff. Not there's anything wrong with that, but I just want him to be remembered as that guy like the matches we watch, Great American Bash, 89, a lot of these classes of championship. This whole few that he had with Flair. Mm-hmm. That's right in the wheelhouse, though. That is, I think that's when he did his best work. Because to me, when you go hardcore, it's like, okay, well, we don't got really much of anything else for him to do. Well, that's kind of bullshit because Terry Funk, like I said, he legitimately could be on anybody's Mount Rushmore of workers legitimately. And. So many people will go back and watch a lot of stuff, the current crop of talent, whether it be men, women, whatever, and watch his stuff and learn, take a little bit of psychology. And that is something that desperately needs to be in the business today. You get a psychology, ring psychology, like Terry Funk. He'll he'll put himself through the goddamn table half the time, just to go off like he's nuts. And I'm like, I, I always wanted to know, I'm like, is he really a little loose or have a few screws loose upstairs? He's got to be doing the half of this shit that he's doing.
1: Yeah. And see, that's what makes him so great because what you just said, people think he's fucking nuts. And maybe he is, maybe he's not. But he definitely makes you believe it when he's out there in the ring.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those feuds, too, that I wish they really would have had in 85 there when he was there. Put him against, even though you know, you're know, two quote-unquote heels at that time, put him against a, a guy like a Piper. Can you imagine those promos that those guys would have?
1: I think Funk Piper or Funk Macho Man would be amazing.
0: Right, Well, but the thing is... Hey,
1: Randy! Elizabeth's a whore! Mm, don't you fucking see anything about Miss Elizabeth. Uh-uh. And there's your
0: Macho Man uh, voiceover for the week. Uh, I don't know. We might as well just stop recording now because I don't think it would get better than that. To be honest with you. Uh, but seriously though, I I just wish they would have seen a lot more of the him in the in the WWF, uh to really get that recognition. Man, he, he not to dismiss obviously the NWA. They put fans in the stands, but you're talking world worldwide right now with the WWF you're on TV you get all you get your face on TV you're made man you get a good paycheck out of it you don't have to do as much travel Uh, but when you're there you're going to be they're doing a lot of tapings at that time a lot of those house show tapings they're doing for superstars or whatever they're doing a lot but I just think that Terry really would have wanted to stay down to where around his house. So he didn't have to go that far and he could be with his family.
1: Yeah. No, no doubt. I mean, he, I think he got, from what I understand, he got in a little bit of a trip and the relationship with the wife got a little strained and I think he wanted to, like you said, kind of come off the road so much for a while.
0: Yeah. Cause that can only, that can only really, do that de- detriment to uh to ma- married life to be. I don't home. know. I think
1: it might help yours. Your wife probably wants you to take about a two month vacation away from the house.
0: Well Why do you think I'm going to Top Guy weekend and uh, Labor Day weekend, <laughs> she's like, man? Uh, she's
1: like, how many days is it Four? That's not long enough. Stay another week.
0: <laughs> hey, if I can get the time from work, what the hell? We got enough shit going on at work. They're like, oh, fuck, I can't.
1: I have no big- excuse,
0: though. I cannot have I-, I cannot have a vacation a day off. I'll extend a day off outside of my regular day off during the week until Labor Day weekend. They, our uh, vacation is booked solid.
1: So when you're, when you're at Top Guy weekend, your wife is going to slide into the living room like Tom Cruise and Risky Business.
0: Yeah, and the trip over the dog and the cat and face plan, and then it'll be my fault because I'm not there. And uh, either, either way, it's going to be my fault, so it doesn't make a damn bit of difference.
1: But just to apologize and move on. But one guy that doesn't have to apologize
0: and should never move on from the show is Mr. Rich Paladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. It's listener questions. All right, it is time for listener question this week, Justin, and we have the returning, returning Money Mike himself has a couple of questions for us. Uh, his first question, Money Mike,
1: you only get one question per week. Quit trying to squeeze in six, well, seven, yeah. no. I'm well, see,
0: see, but the, the, <laughs> the two he the two that I can read are non Charlotte Flair related because mm. he gave me like I think it was like about a three or four page list of questions, but like 98 percent of them were Charlotte Flair related. So I'm like, ah, well, I don't need that.
1: He's like, waiting for us to do the Charlotte Flair show. Oh, my God. Money Mike would ooh, <laughs> there'd be some uh, moisture in those pants if we did mm. a Charlotte Flair episode.
0: Gonna have to put a towel down underneath him or something.
1: What's he uh, got this week for us, RJ? What's so, he What's he bitching about now?
0: So how
1: dare you? He's a no I,
0: He's a math wizard. Um, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what he's really good at is sleeping on the job when he's running a Zoom call. Pretty people much. people trying to get into the Zoom, they can't get in because Money Mike's passed out sleeping. He did it again? I, he, I'm telling you. You know, just hope that you never need your life saved by Money Mike because he'll probably be taking a nap. But anyways, hey, what's, what's he asking us? He,
0: he works hard. He needs his rest. Uh, at least that's what his mother tells me. I don't know. Well, uh,
1: she probably burped him before he took that nap.
0: Okay, we got to stop burying money, Mike. Um, he, he's he's like, a, I'm never going to ask another question. He, he, he's, he's, he's the only one that asks any questions. From Coach Rizzi, they want you to ask questions. Uh, so uh, his first question is, uh, some people say that Dean Ambrose is the modern day Terry Funk. Uh, what are your thoughts on this statement?
1: Who are these some people? Is this money Mike saying that?
0: I think. Or, he, who are these I,
1: people you refer to, money Mike?
0: I, I think he pulled people in his office. Yeah,
1: is, I, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Is how he I'm doing like? It. Is he doing like some Family Feud survey shit out on the street, asking people? Survey. Who do you think is most like Terry Funk in today's wrestling?
0: Charlotte Flair.
1: Charlotte Flair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they both yeah. do the the figure four. I think. Yeah, and they're both I, crazy. I've never seen Charlotte's spinning toe hold though, so I can't really judge.
0: Yeah, true.
1: I don't know. Thinking about modern wrestlers, who kind of reminds me of Terry. F- I mean, I, I don't know. What's your answer, RJ? Let me time to well, think about it.
0: As far as the Dean Ambrose being the modern day, what? As far as being that.
1: Oh, I think- do I think? That, yeah, I. I guess I can see it a little bit, but I don't know. I, in a way, I don't. It.
0: But see um, with Dean and it's nothing against Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, whatever. The craziness? Yes, I get that. But he yeah, he's not as a good work as a good worker as Terry Funk. In Yeah,
1: like, I agree with that. He can't he's cut more, a promo. He's more of a Steve Austin type. Well,
0: guy. I should say I I should say he can't cut a promo. He can't cut a promo like Terry Funk. We'll put it that way.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um I don't really know, you know, as far as like I hate, can, you know, comparing people to people because Terry Funk's just so unique and different. There's just yeah. not a lot to compare to.
0: So that was his other question was who in your in your opinion is a modern day wrestler that per, uh, personifies the traits and attributes of Terry Funk. You, first and foremost, you have too many big words in our money, Mike that I had to edit in this because it took me so many times to try to figure out what the hell you're saying.
1: What do you think about this answer? What about Nick Aldis? For what? That would most remind you of Terry Funk current wrestlers.
0: And, and w- as far
1: as a worker aspect or as far like, well, just kind I, of I, combined. Are you, are you, are
0: you, yeah. Are, are you talking like pre 95?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just I talking can, about a heel it. that can kind of get over on the mic that can work. Um, I don't know. I That would probably be my answer. Maybe that's a terrible answer. But- really,
0: honestly, w- w- the heel aspect of it though. I don't think there's really too many out there right now in general that we can compare them to because a lot of people, the there's no defined heels or faces anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you know, obviously, the,
1: the money mike's a heel for asking this damn question. Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> He's cut off. Uh, but obviously, a lot of the, the, the uh, common answers are going to be like your Banner Corbin's, your um, MJFs, just because they're strictly heels. Yeah, um, you know, there's a few guys that I would bring up that are very close. Close to him, uh, as far as being modern day, is uh, one gentleman that's in uh, uh, ROH, uh, Vincent from ROH.
1: Oh, Virgil?
0: Not Virgil, Vincent. Oh.
1: <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Virgil was Vincent in WCW. <sighs> now that's a great My deal.
0: Modern day, not...
1: Oh, Virgil is still sleeping in a Walmart parking lot near you to this day.
0: It's probably trying so. to sell his sauce. <laughs> uh no, Vincent uh, in ROH, and just one of those characters that creepy SOBs that um, will just scare the shit. But he still can work in ring. And if you want to try to compare them, that I think that as far as that goes, another guy, Mans Warner. Okay, where, where if I'm assuming you don't know Mans Warner,
1: I do know Mance Warner.
0: Oh, okay. I'm you. You just look like you don't know. You can't. You don't respect
1: Mans Warner. I've never seen a lot of his matches. Okay. I I don't. I, maybe I've only seen one or two. No. Yeah. But uh, as far as
0: encompassing. The wrestling aspect of Terry Funk and then adding in the hardcore aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Anybody anybody that has seen a Mance Warner match could pretty much agree with me on that. Um, just because not so much the hard, like the hardcore, but if you can actually see him wrestle.
1: I'd say old Mancer just got a little stiffy with you comparing him to Terry Funk.
0: I'm probably going to see some. I'm probably have him come up and like beat me over the light tube or something. <laughs> He's uh, got to beat in the head with this
1: stippy. I'm telling you right there in the head.
0: <laughs> boom. I th- head to head. <laughs> head to head. God damn it, pal. Um, But you can even go as far as of uh, Cincinnati native himself, Sammy Callahan. Yeah. Because got Duke and cut a promo dude's a crazy son of a bitch he'll do anything for a win but he can also wrestle if you've seen a lot of sammy callahan stuff from overseas in the uk he, dude can go as well it doesn't he changes character obviously for the better but it's uh yeah that, that was very close to me those three are probably close uh I'm I'm just trying to think of the different promotions. Try to get one from each one. Uh, We can. How about how about the likes of like a Tomasa Champa from NXT? That could be close too. But you know, like I said, dude can work. So we can go on. First and foremost, thanks to Money Mike for those two questions, and uh, we'll send you the bill in uh, in the mail. Uh, So our next question is solely for you, Justin. It comes from Coach Rosie. And he wants Hmm. to know, what is your go-to hardcore match? Okay. And you you can't say Canadian Travis versus American Travis. You cannot say that.
1: um, That crazy hardcore uh, cage match between Brett and Owen at SummerSlam. Does that count? (laughs) I'm going to go with, I'm going to say, I don't, I don't think this is really considered a hardcore match, but I don't know how you couldn't consider it a hardcore match. Undertaker and Mankind, uh, Hell in, the Hell in a Cell match yeah. uh, at King of the Ring. King of the Ring, yeah. Uh, that, to me, is my go-to. I could watch that match a thousand times, and I probably have. Um, it never gets any more unbelievable watching it. But uh, if there's tax, it's a hardcore match. That's my rule. So I think that counts.
0: So I got one that, I, I don't know if it'll trump that, but is, uh Triple H and Mankind, make, or excuse me, Cactus Jack from uh, Royal Rumble 98 when, I believe that was Madison Square Garden, Street Fight. Go watch it. I implore you to, because it is an absolute, yeah. The feud that Foley and Triple H had at that time, it lasted for two years. Mm-hmm. And, and then culminated there. WrestleMania, I believe that was what? Six, 16, 16. And they just beat the live and dog shit out of each other you know, foley getting handcuffed and getting hit over the head with a fucking chair. Uh pretty much anything. You can go and you can go as far as even the uh uh the empty it was not the was it the empty arena match that him uh mankind and rock had
1: uh that's not the one where he took all the chair shots, so yeah, no, they that, did for- they did have an empty arena match.
0: Right, yeah. but I'm talking like that the uh the hard the no holds barred or no last man standing or something match. Um so pretty much I think the end all be all uh answer to this question is pretty much anything that Mick Foley is in.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, I mean, there's some old school matches I really like. I like the Piper-Greg um, Valentine uh, chain match. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Pat Patterson-Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, that was a pretty brutal uh, match back then. So there are some stuff from back in the 80s that I really like, too. But I uh, definitely would have to go to that Hell in a Cell for me.
0: Would you consider the uh, Magnum and Tully match, that cage yes.
1: match? Is a hard I tour? quit match, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of gory, especially you know
0: towards the end there.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: but keep in mind, he never said I quit. No, keep that he said in mind. Yes, right. Yes. Well, that's not I quit though. That's right. So, and uh, the whole Zoom that we had with him, he severed, never said I quit, and I made sure I asked that question. Hey, you never said I quit, so aren't you truly rightfully still the champion then? Just saying. Prove me if I'm wrong. Because I'm never wrong. Just ask my wife. Yeah. Yeah, right. Bullshit. I'm always wrong. Anyways. Thank you, Coach Rosie, for that question. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. We've gotten the week a little bit on that. That's kind of, we appreciate that, too. So if you ever do want to ask us any questions for each and every topic, you can hit us up on the Twitter gimmick at underscore ringside rant or at JD2040. Uh, Next week is going to be July 2nd of uh, for the episode next Friday. So I figured let's get something American because it's the Fourth of July weekend. And what better way to celebrate America than the Great American bash? So I'm thinking okay, let's get back go back old school a little bit. We're still we're still old school here with Terry funk a little bit. Let's go back to 1990 Great American bash. One of the great American bash great greatest great American bashers. Let's try to say that 10 times fast. Uh, but that was headlined by Sting and uh and Ric Flair. And if we look over right there, that is the Sting figure that he wore the gimmick, the uh, uh,
1: the red was that when he wore the red, white, and blue gimmick,
0: red, white, and blue. And then he also wore that at uh, the StarCast Cast of yeah, Baltimore. But I, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's
0: awesome. Uh, so next week on this episode, uh, uh I'm not on this episode. Man, we got to stop doing these late night tapings, man. Um, uh, I'm so much more peppier in the, uh, in the morning. I don't know why. Um, but next week, 1990 grand American bash, we'll be going over that rent raving about that. So we'll make sure to, uh, get every, all the, uh, promotion out there, get all your, uh, your questions asked for that as well uh so justin obviously we we talked about your twitter uh gimmick there uh anything else you want to cover before we close shop tonight?
1: i don't think so it was a great time looking back on the great career of terry funk and looking forward to the next week great american bash 1990 oh, that'll yeah. be fun i was five years old
0: i was so.
1: what? i was six yeah you're old. uh
0: yeah shut up asshole i'm one year older than you um uh, So if you want to go over, make sure you subscribe to the Ringside Rant wherever you get great podcasts, as well as on the Shining Wizards Wrestling Network, as well as the uh, Full Press Radio Network, uh, Full Press Coverage, as well as the Visionaries Global Media Network. Great to be home with them as well. Uh, head over to RingsideRant. Check out the great new shirts we have over there. We got one coming down the pipelines right now. So you would want to make sure that you keep an eye on our social media because our man, J.D. Hoop, who do, does great work. So if you're in need of any photography, any artwork, check out our man, J.D. Hoop, uh, for that as well. Uh, appreciate him. 1990
1: well. was a great year, RJ. You know why? The Cincinnati Reds oh, swept oh, the Oakland A's shit. in the 1990 World Series.
0: I'm going to throw my headphones. I'm going to throw my headphones. You had to bring that up. I, I, Championship
1: I you- number five for the Reds.
0: And where have they been since then? Whatever. <laughs> On that note, appreciate everybody for tuning in this week's, to this week's episode. And make sure to tune in next week when we're going to be covering 1990 Great American Bass. Head us up across your old social medias, subscribe, give us a five-star review. Appreciate you. And we'll see you right back here next week.